0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awizen. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes Stitcher, and Double Twist. And now you could actually say Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts is now basically it mirrors iTunes. So all of my shows you could listen on Google Podcasts. Just look it up. It'll take a second to download on your Android phone. So basically your Android phone can be just like an iPhone. You can download any podcast. Now of course you could do the same with double twist and such, but Google Podcasts as well probably makes it easier at the end of the day because you can uh, literally take the show and put it on your home screen, which would make me feel special. It really would. So, yes, Purple Mafia exists. I didn't uh, retire. I thought about it, and I always think about it every year, but I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm back. And, uh, well, those of you that know me on Facebook or whatever in real life, I moved to Golden Valley during the summertime, uh, the beginning of June and all that. Of course, the schedule got tight with the very late start of the spring cleanups, blah, blah, blah. Remember the end of the last show, the draft review, which was very successful, by the way. That was wonderful. Thank you, all of you that listened to that one. Um, Great. Uh, That was the very end of April. The snow was finally melting. It was finally time to start the spring cleanups. Did all that for a month, then had to move, and oh, blah, blah, blah. And the summer's what it is. They tend to take hiatuses from the show during the summer. Just like to take a two-month break or so from football. Oftentimes, I'll have like a little show in once a month or something. But this year, I just didn't. Um, so there's some catching up to do with the transactions and such. We'll do that real quick. And then, of course, this will be a two-segment show where I'll actually go back to the transactions and hear what you guys have to say, but I'll just kind of roll them out really, really fast before we start talking a little bit of preseason football. Not in major detail, just more of indicators, this and that. That's what preseason is all about, and that's why I don't do a weekly show during the preseason because, well, it's just this and that. Uh, once the regular season starts, it's much more of a grind and ready to rock and roll, and quite frankly, it's much more fun as well. As we probably witnessed, the Jacksonville game it was not that fun to watch. So that's where we're caught up to. Let's just roll off the transactions that took place since the last show on April 30th. Released on April 30th. Holy cow. That's a long time. So the Vikings re-signed 39-year-old Terrence Newman to a one-year deal, so he'll return. He's now 40, actually, since then. The Vikings had signed uh, 17 undrafted free agents, this and that, so we'll get back to that. Some of them are exciting, like Holden Hill and such. Exciting possibilities here and there. you got some comments in there. Brian Robinson re- announced he'd return for his 12th season with the Vikings. Brian Robinson, that's back when I started doing the show back in 2008. So, this is the 12th season. The math is a little goofy, but actually it was 2007, wasn't it? But I don't know, very strange. Regardless, he's back with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh the Vikings then later on in the middle of May they signed defensive tackle David Perry who looked pretty good at least in the Denver game. That was a the Denver game was a generally fun game for the Minnesota Vikings. And yes, I'm back in Golden Valley. Yes, it feels good as I look outside and all that. And I did the other two shows a couple times since then, and I announced I'm back in Golden Valley. But those of you that only listen to Purple Mafia, I'm back in Golden Valley, and this is what it sounds like being back there. Sorry, I'm just distracted looking outside. It's a nice, nice view in terms of I can actually look outside doing the show where I kind of couldn't in Brooklyn Park. The Vikings uh, agreeing to several big contracts. Only one guy left out. He's got a little FOMO going on. Ah, uh, fear of being left out there. So, fobo, fear of being left out. Uh whatever that word is. I don't even. Yeah, let's just move on. David Perry inked. We'll see how he turns out. But looked good in the uh, Denver game. Uh, why did I even use that goopy word? <laughs> oh well, fear of being left out. Yes. <laughs> $72 million over five years. $40 guaranteed for Daniel Hunter. He was the first big, big shoe to drop there for the Minnesota Vikings in the signings. And then, Tony Soprano. To- Tony Sperano. Sorry, Sperano. And that was not trying to be funny at all. Tony Sperano, the offensive line coach, died of what was an apparent heart attack uh, on his way to ch- uh, church and everything. Um, they were about to go to church, and then he was in the kitchen, and then his wife came like after a few minutes, and he collapsed already, and it's like, the worst part, and this is something I wanted to kind of get off my chest as well, he went to the hospital two, three days earlier for chest pains, and they released him, and I don't know, um, what the hell, they couldn't do an angiogram on him to see, they had to have, right? Uh, they couldn't have? Did he resist it? What What's the deal? But, again, it's none of my business of if he resisted it or not, but good lord. Uh, I think Tony Sperano should still be alive today, and that bugs me. That really bugs me, this kind of stuff. Um, this is related to my friend Neil, you could say, to certain things, uh, who died. He was a co-host of mine on Brave the Wild. Uh, occasional co-host, an extremely close friend of mine. So, this one kind of hit home a little bit. Of course, I've had <laughs> issues with high cholesterol and all that, and <laughs> it's been in my family and such. So, again, this one hits home big time. Um, not making it about me at all, of course. Uh, Tony Sperano. Uh, I think he should still be alive today. The, the fact that he was in the hospital with the chest pains and they released him the next day. What the hell? How 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 could this happen? I, I don't understand doctors that get paid, you know, how much. And it's not even the salary. You go to school for eight-plus years. You don't, you know... Ah, I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't understand. I don't understand how this could happen. When he was already there, when they could have treated him, they could have fixed it. You know, angiogram. Look at the, you know, look at the arteries. Does this, you know, you could put a stent in? Did they need a bypass? This and that. Regardless, he should still be living today. Even if he ended up having to retire from coaching, which we probably would recommend that. But you never know. I mean, look at look at a lot of guys come back right away, just like nothing. So depends on the condition, I suppose. We'll continue from that. Um, Oh, Tony Sperano. I'm going to give you a moment of silence just like the Minnesota Vikings did yesterday in U.S. Bank Stadium. God bless you, Tony Sperano and your family. Of course, fitting that his son was uh, offensive line coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, that he was there that day. So uh, amazing timing for that, I suppose, but I'm sure they weren't anticipating there being a reason for that. Oh, God. Unbelievable. So, this, this sucks. It's very sad. Oh, Lord. Hmm. I always liked this guy. I, I, I always liked him. You know, the Miami Dolphins and the sunglasses, and of course the sunglasses were not a bit. They were. That was another thing I felt bad for him as well. He injured his eyes as a, as a teenager working in fast food. I don't know if it was McDonald's or Burger King in the Miami area many, many, many years ago in his youth. He injured his eyes, some hot grease got in his eyes, so his eyes have been sensitive ever since. So he had to wear sunglasses all the time, sunglasses indoors, obviously outdoors, big surprise. And that was the case there. Um, he did a hell of a job with the Dolphins, uh, all that. Had to replace uh, the fired coach with the Oakland Raiders a couple of years ago. A little goofy bit with burying everything in this hole, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, football coaches, whatever floats your boat, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. But um, I was very excited when the Vikings... Uh, Brought him in, uh, offensive line that needed help, and I thought he did a hell of a job. And, uh, well, at the end of the day, he'll be sorely missed, and uh, he's been replaced now by two assistant uh, offensive line coaches. Um, so we'll just have to leave that as is. God bless uh, Tony Sperano, Tony Sperano Jr., wife and daughter, all that. Uh, God bless you all. How we transitioned from that, I have no idea, but something positive you could say for the Minnesota Vikings uh, a lot of people feared the Vikings would lose Stefan Diggs in free agency because wide receivers price themselves out of teams sometimes but we can smile and be happy that Stefan Diggs has never uh, had a thousand yard season I guess so that was able to Vikings were able to leverage that I guess and uh, well similar contract to Daniil Hunter five years 72 million Stefan Diggs Back on board with the Minnesota Vikings. Very exciting to have Stefan Diggs Inc. for the next five years. Uh wide receivers are extremely expensive, <laughs> extremely expensive, like Landry and such. A lot of people feared he would be gone, but he is in the house. God bless. So again, interesting. Um he can make up to 81 million, 81 million total with incentives and all that, and that's the uh that's how football is. So basically the exact same contract as Daniel Hunter. Great to have all these guys in the fold. The one being left out is Anthony Barr at this stage, and we'll get back to that, I guess, at some point. Richie Incognito. This is after the injury from, uh, well, around the same time, literally around the same time. Nick Easton who will have neck surgery and is out for the season. This is uh, August 9th as we jump way ahead. Of course, uh, Tony Sperano's heartbreaking moment was on July 22nd. So, yeah, a couple of... Almost a month ago already. Uh, It was just a week before the start of training camp. Just unbelievable. About a week, about 10 days before the start of training camp. It was a Sunday morning. Um, Of course, Stefan Diggs, that was another little birthday present for me. A couple days after my birthday, Stefan Diggs being inked for five years. Then around the same time, the Richie Incognito show uh, show conversation came out. Easton, obviously, there was questions of when he was going to come back anyway. And, of course, the injuries. He's been often injured, unfortunately, as valuable as he is the left guard, who can also play center. He has played center, and he's extremely valuable. Uh, Rich, Richie Incognito called Mike Zimmer a bleeping liar for denying the Vikings have interest in signing him, and blah, blah, blah. That was kind of funny. But uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, because Zimmer said, basically, there's no truth to that. Tweet that, basically. Like tweeting it back at Richie Incognito for tweeting out that the Vikings have had interest in him. Well, again, Nick Easton out for the season. How was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Yeah. Unbelievable. So you lose your uh, left guard already. And, uh, well, great. (laughs) That just makes you feel wonderful, doesn't it? Um, So with that, we can now stop. Derek McKinnon had to get an MRI on his knee. That's another conversation. We'll get back to that, but we'll uh, conversate more on the Facebook page. So, it was getting you caught up with the transactions and the news and all that with the Vikings during the off uh, season during the summer? And it's been a good summer in terms of I've gotten a swim. When I've gotten a swim, it's been nice, but it's been pretty damn humid lately, and it was damn humid in June, and July was great because it was much drier. I don't know, you're not necessarily here to hear about that, but I did enjoy the summer, and that's one of the reasons I wasn't around. Uh, I either enjoyed it or was too damn tired. So, the Vikings, of course, on the uh, 11th of August, defeated the, Jack- the Jacksonville, defeated the uh, Denver Broncos in what once was Mile High Stadium, right? <laughs> uh, Broncos Stadium, yeah, gotta love that. Um, 42-28, very entertaining game. You got to see Mr. Uh, Cousins, Kirk Cousins, of course, have his debut. He was perfect. You got to see the arm strength down the field. Very encouraging. This was a fun game. This game made you feel so good about multiple positions in terms of the quarterbacks and the running backs. You, you just feel set. Of course, Delvin Cook hasn't even played a snap in the uh, preseason yet. You feel good about the running game. Latavius Murray made it look easy and all that. He only attempted four rushes, but every one of them was easy as pie. Ultimately, forty-three yards, so about eleven yards of carry. Mac Brown even looked good; he was solid out there. Rock Thomas was unbelievable, of course, had that seventy-two-yard scamper to pay dirt after the reception, broke a couple tackles, got through two guys, literally split two guys. Mike Boone did not have a particularly good game, but again, eh, well, stay tuned for that. Mike Boone, that's the uh, uh, competition there: Mike Boone versus Rock Thomas for the third running back, and man, I kind of want both of them on the roster. Of course, you might end up having to try to sneak one of them to the practice squad, and good luck with that, unfortunately. We'll see what happens there. Um, Daniel Carlson looking more and more like he's pretty much locked the job in. He made all of his kicks, including a 57-yarder. Forbath basically was just getting kickoff duties, and then you switched them up the next game in Jacksonville, against Jacksonville anyway and things did not go as good for Forbath as it did for Daniel Carlson. And, of course, Daniel Carlson was drafted after the Vikings traded up in the fifth round to get him. So, not looking good for Kai Forbath. Uh, God bless him, unfortunately. That's the sucky part about this business. It's just kind of, there's always somebody looking to replace you, and that's the unfortunate part. Um, the quarterbacks, all three of them looked extremely solid in the game. It was kind of the, the la- later on in the game, the backup offensive lineman not so great, but early on, outstanding. Uh, Very encouraging signs from O'Neal as well for the Minnesota Vikings. Extremely, (laughs) extremely positive signs coming out of him. And that's Brian O'Neal, of course. (laughs) The Vikings' second-round pick. The Vikings had to kind of trade up to get him as well, but luckily the Vikings were able to get him. Um, Encouraging signs out of him, of course, still needs to bulk up. That's been going on for a while here. Needs to bulk up. Needs to put more weight on this and that. Add weight. But encouraging. Um, he didn't give up any hurries or any sacks, of course, so very encouraging, at least in the Denver game. Very strong. Still looked good in the uh, Jacksonville game as well. Offensive line, certainly not nearly as good, particularly late in the game. I mean, freaking Slaughter had no chance to even throw the ball in the second half, hardly. But really, nobody looked good in the Jacksonville game. Obviously, much better defense, even though Denver's defense once upon a time was looked on as great. Awful game for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Case Keenum couldn't even complete a pass hardly in the game. But, um, situation continuing here. Uh, Mike Remmers, Vikings hope that he will come back healthy at some point. Of course, Tom Compton will more than likely be the left guard into the season as we talk about the O-line continuously here. They protected uh, Cousins and Trevor Stimeon pretty well, though, in the first half. It looked good. The first half looked good. The second half kind of got a little bit icky. Denver started kind of catching up in the second quarter as well and into the third quarter. Things not looking so good for the Vikings, but a strong overall finish. Uh, All the quarterbacks look really nice. Again, very small sample size from Kirk Cousins, but strength down the field looking good in his debut. Very exciting to see. Uh, Simeon, I like him a lot, too. I think he's a wonderful backup. Anybody that didn't like the acquisition of Trevor Simeon, uh, I I don't know. Uh, He's got a nice release. He's got good zip on the ball. Smart decision making. Uh, the interception he threw wasn't the worst throw ever. wasn't the best throw. Was a little bit behind uh, the new uh, tight end for the Vikings, who just you know he didn't have the best game. At the end of the day, Conklin uh, um, not the best. Uh, I'm I'm not that excited about him so far. I like uh, obviously even Rudolph is not, doesn't have the best hands all the time. David Morgan I think is I don't know I think he's the most one of the most underrated players on the whole roster, but uh, Conklin. I'm not too impressed with him so far. Uh, balls right in the bread basket, right in front of him, and he can't bring him in. And this one was a little bit behind him, and that was the only interception thrown in the game, ultimately by Trevor Simeon. Again, not the best throw, but sometimes you got to bring that stuff in. Uh, but I really, really am impressed with Trevor Simeon in the small sample size against Denver. In fact, you could actually say it was a fairly big sample size. He had a lot of playing time out there and the good part about Trevor he's only 26 years old too so still got a career ahead of him and could be a backup here for many years or somewhere else if it comes to that Uh, Kyle Slaughter looks solid also in the game at the end of the day you get to see a little bit of that throwing arm he certainly has a lot of mobility and you can see why the Denver Broncos wanted to keep him he's not a spectacular player but he's got talent um Gosh, 9 of 11 on the field out there. All the quarterbacks were great. Uh, Quick releases, strong arms, strong throwing, and, well, looks like we're set at the quarterback position, and it leaves you feeling awfully good about things. Again, Rock Thomas looks like an NFL player. I think he deserves to play on Sundays, either here or somewhere else, depending on the decisions that come up. Same with Mike Boone, though. Again, not a very good game against the Broncos, but still, uh, solid at the end of the day, solid. as you move forward into the Jacksonville game where he was outstanding. Uh, Chad Kelly had his value here and there for the Denver Broncos, but we're really not here to talk about them. There were just some moments in the game where the Vikings defense, more of the second unit, second and third unit did not look good at all. And that's where the fear always comes in. Um, Some teams' second units are just better than others. Uh, The Vikings defensive line, I think, though, is about as good as you're going to get in the NFL. Ever. Uh, It's about as good as a defensive line as you're going to get. Top to bottom, all the way from Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, guys like that, the, the new purple people eaters you could call the front four, they're that good, uh, all the way down to Perry Bauer, uh, Tayshaun ba- uh, Bauer didn't play at all in the second game, unfortunately, he looked awesome, I didn't like the Steph Curry wiggle worm movie did, but in the first game when he got the, the sack, but... Whatever, still looks awesome. Um, the defensive line is unbelievable for the Vikings, top to bottom. The top guy all the way to guys that might even get cut. It looks wonderful. Um, the defensive line is set. Uh, Mike Hughes has made a wonderful first impression as a cornerback. Um, kick returning, special teams and all that, nah, he's nah, not that big of a deal. Uh, special teams I think we're still lacking, unfortunately. But um, there's an opportunity long-term for this team to... uh, (laughs) We're pretty much set at the cornerback position, and of course, hopefully to improve the special teams, the kick returning and all that. Marcus Sherrill looks older and older every single year. He's still got the skill, but uh, at the end of the day, nothing spectacular. Uh, Multiple interceptions in the game. One from Anthony Harris, one from Jack Tocho. He's one of those, uh, of course, backup tight ends along the way. Uh, We'll see. We'll see if Tocho can hang on from last year. He was a seventh-round pick in the uh, 2000... 17 draft. Uh, Tayshaun Bauer, though. God, I love that guy. He's got a nice future in this league, I think. Um, (laughs) As do multiple other players. Holton Hill did not have his best game. He got beat pretty badly after all the wonderful, wonderful raving reviews we got. And, of course, him being uh, an exciting practice squad player. The Vikings uh, outbidding other teams. The raving reviews he had coming in. Not looking so hot so far is Holton Hill, unfortunately, for him. Um... Generally speaking, though, solid game for the offensive line, and well, the offense looks uh, unbelievable. Obviously, depth at running back here and there looks unbelievable as as of the Denver game (laughs) and such, as we're going to quickly head into the Jacksonville game. (sighs) 14 to 10 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not the score. Well, you could say the points is the frustrating part. The Vikings defense throughout this entire, uh, Preseason, Well, of course, <laughs> second and third quarter didn't look so good. But generally speaking, the Vikings defense, particularly the top unit. But it, again, the depth unit, particularly the defensive line, looked fantastic. But the Jacksonville game was just ugly, ugly, ugly from start to finish. There was really nothing fun about this game other than seeing Mike Boone have an awesome game. Uh, Mac Brown was solid as well. Rock Thomas, nothing particularly special in this one, compared to the last game, but Mike Boone was unbelievable, just time and time again, able to break through, ultimately 7 yards per carry, a 26-yard scamper along the way, where he just could not get in, inches away, but then was able to power his way in from the goal line, 91 yards for Mike Boone, and only 13 rushes, again, 7 yards a carry, Rock Thomas, though, he was 5 yards a carry, he just didn't get the ball as much, Latavius Murray, though, what the flying fiddlesticks, fiddle fill in the blank there, I mean, what the hell, kind of Bullcrap, Adrian Peterson garbage is this. I mean, were these fumbles or were they just like, here you go. I mean, was he trying to lateral the ball to the ghosts in The Shining or something? Were the two girls waiting for the ball? I mean, what the fiddlesticks. This is terrible. (laughs) Two fumbles from Latavius Murray. He looked like Adrian Peterson on crack. I mean, what kind of crappy fumbles were those? Oh, Latavius. Latavius... Come on, man. Uh, I hope this isn't a trend. Please tell me this was just a mirage, and maybe he was seeing mirages at the moment, because how the hell do you fumble the way he did twice in such a short little time there? Two times. I mean, that that can cost you a game. That can end the playoffs. We've been there before. We've all been there. In fact, yesterday, nine years ago, the Minnesota Vikings brought in a guy by the name of Brett Favre in a black SUV with Brad Childress. But we're not talking about that right now. I just don't want to see... Starting running backs, backup running backs, whatever they are, fumbling the ball away at key moments in games. Even in the first quarter, though, because it can set the tone for the rest of the game, like Jacksonville in the Metro- Metrodome. <laughs> yeah, give me a break. U.S. Bank Stadium going up 14 nothing in the first quarter because of a couple of BS fumbles. It's uh, kind of tough to catch up on a good defense like that, and the Vikings offense plays anything like they did in the game yesterday. <sighs> Heaven help us all. I mean, that was awful. It was awful. Uh, So, pray to God, this is not a trend. Luckily, he's not the starting running back. But again, obviously, what's the fear of Kirk Cousins? He's got a little fumbling problem, too. Luckily, uh, we haven't seen that yet, but very small sample size. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked a little bit more like Case Keenum of the Broncos in this game. But again, you're playing a much better defense. This and that. Luckily, it's the preseason not a pretty game for really anybody. Trevor Simeon was adequate at best. Kyle Sloter was awful most of the time, but showing that athleticism, this and that, his completion percentage was higher than anybody else's, but he was also on the field a lot longer, and he did lose a fumble. So three fumbles in the game, two of them lost at the end of the day. That was a strip sack that ended the game, though. So, I mean, it was the last moments, but hey, the Vikings were in position. Fourth and long, this and that. Who knows? Still a chance to win the game, but ultimately did not. Uh, Cody Kessler just might be the <laughs> eventual starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. The Vikings did assess six sacks to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars along the way. Sorry if this sounds a little bit wacky and crazy, but it's a preseason game. Some I'm kind of bouncing all over the place here. And again, I do apologize. Um, six sacks in the game. Great. Uh, Vikings offense again. Ugly defense was really good. Jacksonville's defense was good forcing the Vikings into mistakes, and just awful moments. Daniel Hunter with a sack, Anthony Harris with a sack, Weatherly and Gideon shared a sack, and Odenigbo uh, from last year's draft was able to get a sack. Eric Wilson as well. Now, where's Williams? That guy, too. Where is he? Where's Williams? That guy got a sack in the game. There he goes. <laughs> uh, able to get a sack as well for the Vikings, and then they end up taking it away because it's Oh my God! Total bullcrap. Of course, this was uh, talked about extensively throughout <laughs> social media and such. Uh, the whole like forcing the play, forcing the quarterback onto the ground, basically going on top of the quarterback and you know, pile driving him into the ground, which was barely the case here. The new rule changed because of the Aaron Rodgers uh, hit from Anthony Barr. Let's just call it the Aaron Rodgers rule because that's basically what it's become. Uh, so that was taken away, and that kind of set social media afire with that one, saying this league is, is finished. You can't even sack a quarterback anymore without getting called for roughing the passer. Yeah, that was kind of frustrating. Not a good moment for uh, for football fans there, I'd have to say. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, so it would have been seven sacks. It would have been a nice little moment for uh, Mr. Williams there, but unfortunately he he roughed the quarterback. What a jackass. What a jerk. Yeah, whatever. Uh yeah, I'm a little discombobulated right now. This game was balls. It was just, mm, I don't know. Do I even have to talk about it? It was just lame. It was a lame football game. Uh, Daniel Carlson had kickoff duties. He made his extra point. Kai Forbath missed one from the 40s there, about 41 yards out. Missed it, unfortunately, for him. And It's a game of inches, and well, it's a game of inches when it comes to two kickers. Carlson's been perfect, luckily for him. Forbath, not. Um, I don't know. I'm scared to hell. Bringing in a rookie kicker, especially if you're trying to be a Super Bowl contender. But then again, every time you think this team is a Super Bowl contender, are they Are they really a Super Bowl contender? I don't know. We'll just have to let that happen. Um, it's no fun, though, either. You haven't really gotten to see any of the receivers get connected with uh, Kirk Cousins yet. But, of course, early preseason game, I'm sure you'll see it more In the third preseason game, Adam Thielen was targeted multiple times in the game, but no receptions yet. Not one single reception from Thielen, but you saw two from Diggs again in that very first drive. Kirk Cousins, and of course the deep pass to Diggs, ultimately at the end of the day, getting him in the end zone. It was great in that first game against Denver. Not so much fun here, though. Lots of incomplete passes. Um, the major positive out of the game is Mike Boone looking great. And, of course, the Vikings defense getting the several sacks, this and that, other than that lame call <laughs> against Williams. Uh, Vikings hopeful linebacker there. So that's kind of where you sit at this moment. The other part about the game that kind of sucked and really makes us feel bad is a lot of injuries in the game. One of them to one of our draft picks. And, of course, also McKenzie Alexander early on with the ankle injury that required x-rays and nothing's come out of that one yet as I try not to cough to death here god willing uh McKenzie Alexander will be okay at this moment um that he did not suffer any broken bones so we'll have to wait and see with that so luckily no broken bones but we'll see Mike Zimmer did say some of the players are out for the season though certain players certain players so hmm some that sounds like more than one So that really sucks uh, as you put that together. Uh, One of them, it's got to be, unfortunately, uh, what was his name? Johnny Stanton. I think he's out for the season. Of course, he was a hopeful, kind of a fullback, running back type of guy. Uh, I don't know. Very unlikely to make the team anyway. But still, I I feel for him really bad because, well, he probably wanted work somewhere else, like either a practice squad or some minor league football, something like that, CFL, whatever it is. And uh, I think it looked like an ACL to me. I didn't really get to see a whole lot of the movement, but just the vibe. When a guy's not even moving on the ground and he's holding his face, That's it's either a an, uh, bad, bad ankle break or an ACL, more than likely. Um, just a scrum there, and he kind of went down. And such didn't look good, and I feel bad for Johnny Stanton there. Uh, Josh Andrews, a center ankle injury there. Uh, Jeff Badette had a concussion. I saw that, yeah, because it was no, obviously, it was, it was obvious there was nothing else it could have been, and of course, it was a uh, hit to the helmet, of course, which got flagged. Um, so, things very interesting here. Uh, the other one, very significant player, obviously a draft pick for the Vikings just this past year, Aruna. <sighs> yep, I Runo needed crutches to exit the locker room with a brace on his right knee, so that's a big flag, a big worry there, hopefully he'll be okay, Vikings had some hopes with him, a seventh round pick and such, we haven't seen a whole lot of Holmes yet, homes Holmes, out there in the fourth round. But Ed Aruna, defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings, needed crutches to exit the locker room. Hopefully he's not out for the season. But I do think Stanton is the one of the guys that uh, Mike Zimmer was referring to being out for the season. So we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully it's not... Uh, no, it can't be. It's very unlikely as uh, Alexander, but uh, you never know. Maybe he'll miss the rest of the preseason. So a very interesting. Uh, Rashad Hill's has out with an ankle injury. Mike Remmers is always hurt, which is ridiculous. God. Getting tired of that. Um, Everson Griffin also had a laceration that was infected. So that's why he was not playing in the game. Obviously, Everson Griffin, franchise left, uh, or excuse me, right (laughs) right end, right defensive end. Daniel Hunter had a field day as a right defensive end in the game. He was awesome in the sample size he got out there in the first quarter. Um, Avante Collins, who a lot of people have liked so far, got to start on the right side. He's the right tackle. Hill's been out. Uh, Brian O'Neill. Did not get the start, and well, that's not surprising. So very unlikely Brian O'Neal will start games this season, though of course he has put on a very nice early impression so far. Brian O'Neal looks a little bit ahead of schedule with his development, and that's extremely exciting. The size is still a problem, and it'll continue to develop, I'm sure. He'll continue to get bigger and bigger, but the skill is there, and it's very exciting. Um, very exciting to see how Brian Hill continues to develop, and of course, I'm sure the coaches want him to earn it, the whole the hard way, the old-fashioned way. Ev- Avante Collins was adequate off and on, and a lot of people do like him, so there's a pretty good chance Collins will make it at the end of the day with the Minnesota Vikings, at least as a backup tackle. Um, so, Odds are Rashad Hill will be the starting right tackle to start the season unless Mike Remmers comes back. <sighs> or again, Remmers could be the right guard. Oh, it's all confusing, it's all frustrating, and it just kind of is what it is. Tomden will be the left guard. Danny Isadora will see time at right guard off and on throughout the season. Uh, Cornelius Edison has been the starting center because Elfline has still been held out, and we're just going to have to wait and see how things go there. Uh, Edison has been adequate in his time out there. In fact, he was pretty good, actually, in the first game. I would have to say the starting offensive line did a damn good job for a bunch of guys that are either replacements or obviously some good starters like Riley Reef and such, but generally speaking, lots of replacements. I mean, rammer has been out. Compton's just, you know, he's, well, he's cousin's friend. <laughs> that's about it. And he's local, so that's good. But a bunch of guys that haven't really seen much action in the NFL. They did a hell of a job in the Denver game. Not so much against Jacksonville, who's probably about as good a defense as the Minnesota Vikings. Like top two, top three in the NFL. So there it is. Uh, Continuing analysis here, not too much longer, though. I'd have to say uh, Laquan Treadwell, well, yeah, he'll be on the team, but that's about it. And I think at the end of the season, it's all she wrote. Uh, He had a nice little move after a catch, but everything he does is just short yardage, and there's not much to say. I mean, in fact, that little move he made, that might have been one of the best things he's done as the Vikings, (laughs) as a Viking receiver, pardon me. Um, That little move where he got around a defender. Quick little first step spin move after the catch. He was able to get the first down. You want to believe that's what he's here for, is some of those Anquan Bolden, third down, smash mouth, physical you know catch the ball in traffic uh, get around somebody smash into somebody force your way forward into the first down territory this and that across the little (laughs) across the little first down marker but I don't know he he just cannot get separation and it's never going to change he looks like a supreme athlete out there doesn't he he really does but for god's sakes there's just nothing there is there I mean David Morgan I think is Gets more se- uh, separation, and he freaking catches it. That's for sure. Kendall Wright, it's not looking good either so far. Um, sure, he's wearing number 17, just like Jarius, but I'd rather have Jarius. I'm not seeing anything on a Kendall. <sighs> well, good thing there's some other nice wide receivers. Chad Beebe had a nice game against the Broncos, had a moment or two against the uh, Jaguars. Stacey Coley was wonderful against the Broncos, and I think he deserves to make the team at least for that. But then again, injured and missed... The Jacksonville game, so that didn't help his cause. Uh, Tavares King dropped an easy pass against Jacksonville. That's not helping his case. Mm. So, I don't know. Uh, Jake Winicky, weird number for a, for a receiver. It looks like a quarterback. Number nine, that's just odd. But I suppose Stefan stuff on Biggs, looks like a quarterback. Brad Johnson wore number 14, right? Uh, these numbers are funky. Uh, all, all of them, they just have these weird <laughs> things have changed in this league. Winicky has had some nice moments. South Dakota State, South Dakota. Uh, he's had some nice moments here and there. He's a dark horse at best, but I don't know. Um, you kind of almost wish he could just move on from Treadwell, but they kind of can't yet. But yeah, uh, his first round pick status is over, but he's still probably just barely good enough to make the team, and I think next year the Vikings move on from him, unless something changes dramatically during the course of the season. Uh, Chad is very likable. His chances are slim, but still very likable. The effort's there. Uh, Hard worker, makes some nice plays. I love Chad Beebe, actually. (laughs) It would be cool if he made it, but I think, again, dark horse at best for him. Uh, Stacy Coley, I think, is the favorite to at least uh, rake in the final position as wide receiver unless things continue to go awry for him. Um, But I really liked what I saw in the Denver game out of him. I did, and I will continue to say that. (sighs) Well, hmm. Boy, I, I you know, you're optimistic and you're worried. I'm very worried. Uh, the injuries, of course, the offensive line. You don't, you don't even know who the hell your offensive line is going to be at this point. Brian O'Neill, o- o- very, very early in his career. Boy, um, you're very optimistic about the defensive line. Offensive line, not so much. Linebackers, uh, Ben Gideon continues to look a little bit better as time continues. I'm very happy with him. Um... Devontae Downs, we'll see how he continues to develop as well. And, eh, you know, just li- limited sample size here and there. Eric Wilson actually looked pretty good out there at times. Number 50. Solid player out of Cincinnati. So, I don't know. Um, before I run this too long. I, you know, consciously optimistic is all I can say. You can tell I'm not just flaming with excitement going into the season. And it's not because I don't love this team. And I don't love this game. It's, eh, there's holes and... I don't know, and the injuries just keep happening, and yeah, I know, welcome to football, injuries happen, but I don't know, they're kind of significant and stuff, you know, luckily the quarterbacks again, I think we're set at quarterback, well, no kidding, and running back is a position of strength, and it's very cool, Uh, it doesn't look like losing Jerick McKinnon is the end of the world, It does look like that (laughs) Latavius Murray, though, has all of a sudden picked up a a fumbling problem. Hopefully it's just a small thing here and it's going to go away very quickly. Um, Nobody's perfect, this and that. He's fumbled the ball before in his career. He was pretty solid last year about not fumbling. I remember McKinnon developed a little fumble-itis in a couple games last year and that went away very quickly. So that was nice. Hopefully, uh... (laughs) Hopefully, uh... Latavius Murray can uh, shake that very quickly here. Just get it, get rid of it here in the preseason, meaningless games. Just don't get hurt for crying out loud. That's the last thing this team needs, and um, go from there, I suppose. So that's pretty much my thoughts in the preseason. Just stay freaking healthy. Just stay freaking healthy and get through this. That's about all it is now. Just uh, punch in and punch out, I guess, if you're a starter. <laughs> do, do the best you can. Show some good effort, but be careful. God bless. Um, again, I know. That's the NFL for you. It's just that's what sucks about the preseason. Guys going out with ACLs, rookie running backs for Washington, important linebackers for Green Bay, this and that. I don't celebrate anybody's injury, even Aaron Rodgers. I hate him, but you know, I can't celebrate anybody's injury. It you know, I had Burris in my knee in uh June. It hurts like hell. And it, it that's that's pales in comparison to what like an ACL must be. Or, you know, or a broken bone. Obviously, hurts like bleeping hell. I've been there before many years ago. I'm not going back. <laughs> God willing, knock on wood. So now that I'm running this too long, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll get back to what you guys have to say about all the different transactions and everything Vikings with the fan interaction segment. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two in this case, because it's still an off season show, technically. We're not gonna preview a preseason game. Uh it's gonna be the third game of the preseason and everybody's gonna play three quarters and the Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah, well, no, I'm not gonna preview preseason games. So yeah, that would be kinda dumb. Other than let's just stay healthy, let's play well, let's uh keep doing well what we need to do and uh let's clean up some other stuff that we're not doing well and uh yeah, and uh, that—that's what we're gonna—that's what we're gonna try to accomplish. Just like uh, Rick Spielman says, absolutely nothing like cliches of all sorts. Fascinating uh, interviews and press conferences by Rick Spielman on a usual basis. So let's uh, get off that and uh, let's get to the fan interaction segment. Fairly quiet on Twitter, but the king of Twitter when it comes to the Purple Mafia Nation, Purple Mafia out there, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, love you, absolutely love you and. A sure Hall of Famer coming up here in the 2019 class. <laughs> Mad Martin gets back to me as just as just as the blood flow just started pumping again with the Purple Mafia. I had gone into complete dormancy, complete shutdown mode, as you probably noticed. About three months, literally hibernating like, no, no football. No, I don't want to talk about football. Go away. Leave me alone. It's too hot and humid, and I'm moving, and I'm tired of all this work. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mad Martin was the guy who came to poke the bear and said, hey, let's go. Come on. Get your podcast going. Hey, let's go. And basically, and yes, and that was right about the perfect timing of when the blood started to flow again. And of course, there was plenty of off-season news that kept me interested. Don't worry. I'm just BSing a bit here. Mad Martin says, almost football season, my friend. This is about late July here, right around my birthday of the 29th. I'm now 39. I'm getting a little older, a little older now, a little older. My 11th season covering this uh, team with this show. Wow. Let's get to what Mad Martin said and stop talking about me here. Almost football season, my friend. Looking forward to that first podcast, and here it is. I have I have tickets for the Jets game and home game against those Lions. Time to win it all. O-line worries me. Can't disagree with anything that was said there. The O-line still worries me, and it worries me even more with Nick Easton being out. There's certain ex- experts out there that say Nick Easton isn't that good. Others that say he's extremely valuable. I'm kind of leaning towards he's valuable. I won't say extremely, but he's certainly valuable, and he's a loss, and yeah, he was good for running plays more than passing plays. His run protection was better, particularly down the field as the run was developing. He was a really good blocker. Um, very athletic in that sense. Uh, not the best pass blocker, but again, a good run blocker. He was good for those running plays to the left there, and unfortunately, well, yeah, okay, we we covered that, and it sucks, and it hurts, Um I want to say again thank you and it is great to hear from you and I'm glad you you had took the time to uh, look I'm glad you took the time to tweet me and yeah, help get the blood flow going again for this show it says looking forward to the podcast long busy summer for both of us no doubt Preseason is on us another year flying past and yeah we're getting older that's for damn sure we're getting older and wiser and hopefully the Vikings are doing the same thing. <sighs> interesting you mentioned the Jets, and that will segue me into a uh, little mini-segment here. We'll call it a mini-segment. It's a segment within a segment, because who plays for the New York Jets, man, Martin? I think you know, and wow, that's an interesting choice that you made there. And oftentimes, see, because ticket prices fluctuate and depends on the opponent, it's it's different now, and it's kind of cool in a sense. It's bad in some ways, like Packer tickets cost way more than <clears throat> New York Jets tickets, or Cincinnati tickets last year. The one game a certain quarterback got to play in for a couple seconds and he looked jittery and nervous and not the same guy. He looks uh, a hell of a lot like the guy that was building in confidence, was getting the shackles taken off, and uh, 2016 preseason game against the San Diego Chargers in U.S. Bank Stadium, the very first game ever played in U.S. Bank Stadium. He looked so good, and he saw a guy, one of the Chargers, tear his Achilles tendon, and he watched his calf muscle bulge out because the Achilles tendon snapped, and then up went the muscle. That was nasty. Little do we know what kind of nasty thing would happen to Teddy Bridgewater. Luckily, none of us saw it, but horrible throughout the descriptions. But that's what I'm talking about, a guy by the name of Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback of the New York Jets, gone but not forgotten, that's for damn sure, uh, there was all these concerns about him coming in. Oh, boy, is he even going to be able to play? And the Jets will probably end up just, you know, who knows? They'll just kind of sit on the IR all year. Who knows? Teddy is back. He looks exactly like the Teddy against the uh, in the U.S. Bank Stadium when you started seeing further and further uh, accuracy. You saw further and further confidence from him, stronger accuracy down the field. That was his weakness. And you saw it getting better and better and better just like we did throughout the season when some of the shackles were being taken off in 2015, but then moments where you didn't see it. Teddy Bridgewater is back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back, and it's real. It's real. I I believe it. As long as there's nothing funny going on with his knee, per se, where it's a non-contact thing and funny stuff happens to guys like that, I pray to God that's not the case. His mobility is back, his confidence is back, and I'm thrilled for him. I just wish, you know, I get a tear in my eye not at this second, but when I see it, I get a tear in my eye thinking, man, I really wish he was back in purple. I, I really do. I really sincerely say that. Um, I really like this guy. I, I really did. Again, like I said, on a very recent show, he's one of those few guys who wasn't ab- about where's the party and where's all the bling bling. Oh, and by the way, yep, I'm a quarterback and I'm, I'm all that. And I'm this and that I'm this big shot, you know, and again, where's the bling bling though? Where's the party? No, there's just something different about this guy. Just the calmness, the confidence without the arrogance and the down-to-earth personality, but then the strong leadership. And and then, gosh darn it, he can play, you know, and the and the intelligence. He would make smart little plays that made you say, oh, that was kind of cool. It was always stuff like that. And, you know, nobody's perfect, but he's, he's a hell of a player, I, I believe. I think he, you know, he's none of these guys that, you know, the Geno Smiths of the world who actually played for the Jets... Uh, this and that. He's not, you know, he's not like this guy, that guy. He's not Todd Bauman. You know, I mean, I think he's way beyond any of those guys, and he's going to have a hell of a career. The question becomes, again, well, when you have a guy by the name of Darnold there in New York, it's going to be a tough time for Teddy being a long-term quarterback there. Don't be surprised if he is the short-term starting quarterback, though, but you, you feel bad, because remember when Matt Castle was the bridge to Bridgewater, well, it's like now Bridgewater is the bridge to Darnold, Sam Darnold. So then, where do you go with, uh, uh, honest to God, like, where do you go with Teddy Bridgewater now? Does he end up going to the Miami Dolphins? What happens next? I don't know, man. Um, Miami Dolphins, I always thought that was kind of a destination for him at some point, if not here. God, I'd love to have him back. But when you commit $84 million to, uh, Kirk Cousins, and the guy's got a got a great arm and such, you're kind of stuck, it just kind of is what it is, and people were like, well, like, you can't trust the guy's knee, because you just never know this and that, oh boy, well, again, it's just kind of, you just throw your arms up, what the hell can you do, you're just a Viking fan watching, and <sighs> watching, and well, just wishing him the best, God bless you, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, keep it up, keep it coming, you know, I mean, the accuracy, Oh man, the Atlanta game. We'll just look at it for a couple seconds. August 10th, just for a couple seconds. I'm going to segue for a minute. This isn't going to be the longest show ever, so you might as well enjoy this for a couple seconds. little Teddy Bridgewater um, conversation. Well, he was 7 of 8 in that first game. Looked awesome. He threw a touchdown. He had a quarterback rating of 150.5. That's basically perfect or close enough. Sam Darnold's looking good too so far. Josh McCown's that veteran, you know, band-aid guy who they thought would be a short-term starter. <clears throat> it's almost like, why the hell did they sign Eddie Bridgewater anyway, but poor. But then again, I mean, I'm glad they did so he could display his skills in that sense so he can build up his value for his next team, I guess. It's just kind of weird. I guess I guess that's what's happened. Um, he threw an interception in the recent game here against Washington Redskins, of course, Kirk Cousins, former club and the Jets lost, but again, a preseason game, who cares, but um, <clears throat> you know, Not bad, not a bad game, and he looks he looks wonderful. The confidence, he's not afraid of getting ah, excuse me hit. He's been hit many times. Uh, Hopefully, we're able to get Dalvin Cook in there for maybe one to five carries or something against the uh, (laughs) in the in the next game coming up here. Something's distracting me. Get out of here, damn it! That's annoying. So, pardon me for that. Where do you go from here? Mm, Well, good luck to Teddy Bridgewater. That's pretty much all I can say at this point. Very uh, excited for him, though. And good luck. God bless. So the next game is Seattle. That's what I thought. In U.S. Bank Stadium. So coming up, um, hopefully the Seahawks suck this year. That would be great. (laughs) Though, of course, Mr. Big Mouth is now on one of my more liked teams. A team that used to be a large rival, the 49ers. But whatever. Uh, Screw Seattle. I'm all messed up in my head right now. Let's just move on. (laughs) <laughs> Facebook page, now of course the Twitter account is at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show I'll keep that in the show description coming up here, thank you again Mad Martin, you are the best, uh, the most recent show was episode 268 this is of course 269 draft review 2018, this is more of a preseason catch up or whatever you want to call it, I'm getting kind of, getting back together here, tying up loose ends, whatever it is you could call this show anything How you'll see the title very soon Um, Richard Sherman and other players upset about, uh, upset and confused about new NFL tackling rules. That's kind of floating around in the ticker here. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, it's weird. I don't like Richard Sherman. I like the team he's playing on. I've kind of always had a soft spot for that club with because of a guy by the name of Joe Montana. And I like Steve Young too, but Montana will always be special to me. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It is weird. It's changing too much. Uh, I feel bad for what happened to uh, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers. In an an honesty, uh, good sportsmanship sense, as a Viking fan, I don't feel bad per se, but you get the idea. But if we're going to change the rules that much, where players are playing skittish and they're afraid to even tackle a guy without getting penalized, what the bleep are we at here? I mean, it's just a dead end to me. So let's mercifully move on. Let's see what the comments were. A couple comments here. Gerald String out of Nebraska says, Well, here we go. Can't wait to check it out. That was the most recent episode. Mark Carlson. Yep, he's like Appalachian. Ha ha. Yep, that's funny. Mark Carlson, not a Viva. Listening in on the way to work, and I have to laugh with you, Joey. It's great the way you slip some humor in and lighten up the show. This might be just a game, but this is our team, and it's serious stuff. Absolutely, and yep, yeah, thank you very much. Freedom, front lines of freedom too. Yep, I remember him mentioning that podcast in the past. I've checked it out before. I've had it on there. Yep, yeah, it's cool, cool. Well done, uh, Mark. I'm right there next to front lines of freedom. More of like a military type podcast. Very interesting stuff, actually, and uh, recommended. Thank you, Mark, for that. That's great. Um, of course, that's an Apple product. Again, again now uh, Android has their own podcast as well, So, and it's the same thing. It's all mirrored together. I did absolutely nothing. They did it for me, so <laughs> Android already had it ready to go. <clears throat> Somehow, someway, all those RSS feeds all linked together, and thank you. Thank you for simplifying it for us podcasters uh, Android and Apple. That's uh, awesome. Roger Inboden says, Happy to hear you released another show. I always enjoy by... The, for all the negative vibes in this year's draft, me included Google's best drafting team over the last... Uh, Google, the best drafting team over the last 10 years. Maybe we should trust Tricky Rick. So that's interesting. Google best drafting team over the last 10 years. Hmm. Interesting thoughts there, Roger. I hope it's a good draft, and it could be, and you know what? You know what, though? Look at uh, Brian O'Neill and a guy by the name of Mike Hughes. I mean you have a point there, Roger, and yes, this is a very old post, and I'm glad to finally be getting back to you, I didn't even click like on it, I just did, and I apologize, I didn't even click like on marks, what the devil, I'm sorry, guys, yeah, that's terrible, I'm sorry, you deserve a like for what you said there, thank you, yeah, it's only 15 weeks ago, but <laughs> thank you so much, though, guys, um, Mike Hughes and Brian O'Neill though, extremely encouraging. Extremely. Yeah, this show is still going to go over an hour, isn't it? But, yeah, i have got a lot of catching up to do. Vikings read sign, 39-year-old cornerback Terrence Newman. Let's hear your comments. Of course, I already mentioned the, the uh, story, but now I'm going to actually respond, or hear what you're, you guys have to say. Mark Carlson says, This is not convincing me that they addressed all the holes, either by free agency or the draft. A great player for sure. But he gets tested every game by the fastest receivers in the league, and sometimes is burned. I guess one more year or what? Yeah, it's got to be it. Uh, he's turning forty. He's my brother's age, pretty much slightly younger than my brother. I guess maybe a couple months younger. He was born in seventy eight. For crying out loud, I'm born in seventy nine. We're getting old here. Um, and again, like I mentioned in the previous segment, I had bursitis in my knee because of the way I was sitting incorrectly at work and. The damn thing still ain't completely healed. Um, it hurts still a little bit, a little bit, but I can completely function normally. It's just not a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? But for a few weeks there, I could barely walk. It was hell, and especially still having to do lawns, as they weren't going to get done on their own. That was fun. Um, age is age matters a lot, and I'm telling you, that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm, you know. Uh, age matters a lot, but I, I guarantee you this knee would have been pretty much healed probably within a couple of weeks back in the day when I was 21, 24, but when you're 38, 39, 40, oh, yeah, yeah, because bursitis isn't exactly ACL territory. It's it's not a fun injury. It hurts like bleeping hell, but it's supposed to take two two weeks or so. But it says two to eight weeks. Get it? Do you see the gap? Because the older you get, because it's supposedly an old woman injury, an old maid injury type of thing, when old women have to bend, you know, older women, you know, cleaning stuff, bending down all the time, and then that kind of messes up your knee, and you get the bursa sacs, you know, letting out all that uh, uh, lubricant. Well, for me, I was just sitting incorrectly for a long period of time. I had my knee bent the wrong way, and like an idiot, and that was uh, not productive for me, so, okay, let's continue, Dave Vicki out of Iowa, well, that's basically what bursitis is, and yeah, you know, when there's a long gap, it takes longer to heal because of this or that reason, like, you're using it too much still, or you're getting old, a little bit of both, Dave Hickey says he has lost, he's definitely lost a step, but what a person loses in speed, I think he makes up for his, with his intelligence, he has been burnt by everyone. Uh, he has been burnt, but everyone was burnt in that championship game. Oh, God, yes. Everyone was burnt in that championship game, Dave. You're damn damn right. You know, you're a star candidate for that right there. I mean, it was uh, I mean, up the middle. We looked like Dog Dookie. I mean, Harrison Smith had his worst game of, of his career. Um, Anderson Dejo, yeah, he got hurt earlier, and then he got hurt again in the game. You know, he got hurt weeks earlier and all that. But Lord of mercy, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't even matter. And the best part is we didn't take, we didn't sign a single safety. We didn't take one in the draft, but we took another corner. And Mike Hughes looks all uh, looks awesome. So, extremely encouraging. Let's continue. Um, Dave he was saying we got burnt in that championship game with uh, Smith, Rhodes, Waynes. Yeah, uh, Wayne has all the speed in the world, but what good is it if you're totally out of position, exactly, and McKinsey Alexander has an ego that doesn't want to take coaching and has always seemed to be two steps behind. I have personally met him, and I think he's a dickhead to boot. Ouch, that's not good. Mm, that sucks. Uh, he's been burnt more... Then a dirty rug. <laughs> I think the new rookie has brought, was brought into a place, Mac. As far as Newman, I think Zimmer wants him there <coughs> to help teaching the younger players, and someday we'll be hired as a coach under Zimmer. That's what I think, too. I think uh, Terrence Newman is a future uh, secondary coach, and I think that's a perfect position for him, and there you go. And who better to learn from than a guy who coached secondaries years ago with the Dallas Cowboys, where Terrence Newman also played under Mike Zimmer as the secondary coach. Hmm, gee, that's a coincidence, isn't it? (laughs) So earlier, the Vikings had signed 17 undrafted free agents and all that good stuff. There were some exciting ones mixed in. Jeff Budette, yeah, he was the one that had that little concussion there. Mike Boone, that might have been an awesome one here out of Cincinnati. Uh, Curtis Cothran, where's the others? Yep, Garnet Dooley, (laughs) Armady Foreman out of Texas. Chris Gonzalez, Holden Hill was the one a lot of people were extremely excited about and that's an interesting one, uh, Hercules, 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 Matafa unfortunately, suffered an ACL injury back in June, uh, I just, I always get sad when I think, when I hear that, and it, you know, you're just, I guess, getting started, just getting your career growing, and then that happens, it's just, I feel sick for you, you know, even though it's kind of late now, I, I feel sick for the guy, you know, I do. Uh, Peter Poolholtz. We haven't seen him play out of Holy Cross. That gives me a bad memory. Uh, They upset the Gopher hockey team years ago. Number one team in the nation, and he couldn't even beat a team called Holy Cross that didn't even have a winning record. Oh, that is so Minnesota, it's not even funny. Uh, Trevon Mathis, cornerback. Trey Matthews. Too bad it's not Clay Matthews, but Trey Matthews, safety out of Auburn. Uh, Corey Robertson, wide receiver. Rock Thomas. Rock Thomas. The rock of our salvation, right? Well, not really. Out of Jacksonville State. Um, he looked awfully good, obviously. Uh, Jake Winicky out of South Dakota State. Jonathan Wynn, who got some time in there at defensive end with the uh, you know, multiple injuries there with Aruna. And, of course, Mr. Uh, Everson Griffin not being available either. So Jonathan Wynn getting some significant minutes out there. Uh, snaps, I should say. Good for him. So we'll continue now. I'll try not to drag this too long. Uh, Gerald String says, go find the next Adam Thielen. And maybe it's Winnicky or that uh, young Beebe, Chad Beebe, who's the son of Don Beebe, the former Buffalo Bill and Green Bay slacker. Uh, Don Beebe, of course, um, well-known for his hustle, knocking the ball away from, I believe it was Nate Newton, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Nate Newton. Either Nate Newton or Larry Allen of the Dallas Cowboys. Nate Newton, um, he was celebrating a... Uh, it, could, it couldn't have been Nate Newton. It was, ah, whatever. Yeah, it was Nate, uh, <laughs> Nate Newton running for the end zone for the Dallas Cowboys after a fumbled ball. Um, and he just held the ball down, like kind of celebrating before he got in the end zone. And BB knocked the ball right out of his hand, forced a safety on the Cowboys. That was funny. The Cowboys had 55 points already, so bleep the Cowboys. Yeah, let's move on. Dave Hickey says there's a linebacker guy named Hercules Matafa. No, Hercules, yep, and unfortunately, again, he was supposed to be a badass football player, and a lot of people liked him, and then he suffered an ACL. So, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, sucks. Brian Robinson returning for the 12th season, no comments there. Mr. Uh, David Perry was signed. When was that? That was in mid May, and a two year deal there. Brett McCarthy, future Hall of Famer, South Dakota. Says, is this good? Never heard of him. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a solid player, and he looked pretty good so far in the time he's been out there. Gerald String says, sounds like Vike's taking him for a test drag. Probably about a 10% chance of making the team, but I have no idea. Um, Mark Carlson, yeah, but he's more of those Fat Pat types, of course. Like a backup for Linval Joseph and this and that. So we'll, we'll see, but I've liked what I've seen from him, and they've liked what they've seen from him in the uh, training camp as well. Mark Carlson says, we really need to find a player who will get mean at that position. And Perry, again, solid from the Colts. Vikings signed Daniel Hunter to a contract extension. Again, $72 million over five years, 40 guaranteed, and literally the same contract as Diggs there, June 27th. June 27th, one month before the Diggs contract. No no comments? I thought people commented on that one, but great signing and very happy to have him in the fold. And then so the Tony Sperano death, unfortunately. July 22nd. <sighs> Ted Lynch says, so sad. Gerald Shrink says, what a sad day. Roger Iberden says, very sad. Dave Vicky says, this was a very, this was very unexpected. RIP, Mr. Marano. Blessings to your family, to you as well. So again, mm, yep, um, first segment, my comments there, my thought process about that. I, I think it should still be here, folks. I really do, and that that sucks. Stefan Diggs, this garnered 17 comments, so I guess we can see where a lot of hearts lie, and of course, well, just like the image there on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, by the way, is the the link to get there, or yeah, just look up Purple Mafia Show on Facebook, and click on the one that says company, not group, or the Facebook page, and you'll find it, and join it, if you could, and comment away, would be greatly appreciated. And let's jump on this. Sebastian Burden says priority one is keeping cousins happy because we're paying him fourteen. No, we're paying him eighty-four million. I'm getting fourteen confused because of Diggs. Eighty-four million, so he might as well keep his weapons. Well, no kidding. Yeah, that would be a big loss. But good thoughts there. Uh, Sebastian says only shitty part is bar may be. The odd duck left out—that's a big possibility. Sebastian says, continuing the conversation. Has anyone seen the exact numbers for Stefan Diggs? Yep, and that, of course, yeah, that's old news as Sebastian already knows now. Seventy-two million, um, indeed. Very cool to have him on board. Seventy-two for five years again, just exactly, exactly. A with forty million guaranteed, exactly the same as uh, Daniel Hunter. Same contract. Uh, Sebastian says, "Shit, lots of green," and that was Reggie Adams Jr. who. Uh, Gave out that information. Thank you, Reggie. Reggie continues saying, talking to Barr's agent now, he'll probably get 11 mil a year. It's between linebacker money and pass rusher money. Plus, I hear we're looking to bump up Thielen's way after this year. And I and I bet they will, Reggie. I bet they will. The Diggs deal is awesome. He says, uh, Sebastian says, hopefully someone can take a hometown discount. It makes it so that my Minneapolis Miracle canvases don't feel so dumb compared to if you... If he were to have left, I'm glad he didn't leave. I think it's pretty safe to say I can get my wife a digs jersey now. And yes, I think it is safe to say that. Uh, he loves to be here and that's good to know. Uh, he loves this place. He even looks like a co-worker of mine. Michael Mekinen is his name. Uh, one in a million chance he might be listening. Um, a guy out of Ethiopia, if you can believe it. And he looks exactly like him. And I couldn't pinpoint who he looked like. It's like he really looks like somebody. And then it's Stefan Diggs. That's who it was. Pretty cool. So, yeah, when I told him, you look like Stefan Diggs, and he's like, you know, I've heard that before. So, very cool. Yeah, at first I thought it was Dominique Wilkins that he looked like. <laughs> Jeff Roiland says, Cousins, Cook, Diggs, and Thielen are all signed until he's twenty twenty. That's a good thing. And you are doggone right, Jeff Roiland. It's awesome. Um <laughs> a lot of super important players are signed and the good news is see you know how there's a window for a team and all that the window is it's a nice window it's it's still open pretty big that's the good part like cousins is signed for three more years digs all these guys and none of these guys are like you know 40 years old like Brett Favre or 35 36 years old like Pat Williams i mean that like the 2010 Vikings you can just smell the disaster coming even the 2000 Vikings there were a lot of guys getting older like Um, 2000, oh God, yeah, the 2000 Vikings. You could just see the end coming. Ryan McDaniel was old. Jeff Christie was old. Um, you could go on forever. Uh, Uh, Ed McDaniel was way, way past his prime, especially after the ACL in 2000, or excuse me, 96. Yes, I'm that old. 1996, guy after guy. Orlando Thomas had an ACL in the, uh, 96 playoff game, I remember, against the Cowboys. He was never the same after that. He was awful. Um... He had some moments, but generally speaking, he was he was so good before that injury. God, that was disappointing. Orlando Thomas, oh, he couldn't keep up with his grandma by the, at the end there. See, it, it was literally like a window. Guys that had been hurt and were aging, and um, Robert Griffith wasn't really that good anymore. Eh, yeah, he was still good, but eh, not really. He aged pretty quickly, too. Um, I remember he broke his ankle, or was it his shoulder or something? He really wasn't the same after that, and he ended up leaving for Cleveland anyway, which is kind of weird but yeah <laughs> uh what's the other ones I mean there's so many Chris Carter was getting old he was getting slower and by, by 2001 the guy was freaking done he wasn't even close to the same guy Jake Reed had left and he was way past his prime we could go on forever uh the cornerbacks were awful anyway that was, I mean we had nothing defensively hardly other than like the Ed McDaniels the John Randalls and such and Randall of course left unhappily to the Seattle Sea Chickens Ah uh, you could go on forever. You could go on forever. The guys that left or they weren't the same. Randall McDaniel and Jeff Christie went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they weren't that good anymore. Anyway, this and that. Ah oh, man. It was frustrating. <sighs> One player after another. Mm. Mm. One player or another either got old or was getting old and left for because of their money and all that and Dennis Green was cutting salaries and because he had to. Uh, so let's move on. Gerald String says one one more big name to go, Bar and well I, I don't know. I'm hearing more and more. And again, like Darren Doogie Wilson of the Scoop Podcast, he says nothing's going on. Nothing between Barr and the Vikings, so that's not a good sign. Okay, here we go. Let's have some fun here. Richie Incognigo <laughs> t- tweeted out that the Vikings have shown interest in him. And Mike Zimmer basically said this and Oh there's a difference. Shut up. And- and then uh, Richie Incognito responded with this. Lawyer! You liar! you! Lawyer! Who do we believe? Uh, probably both. I don't know. Uh, I guess. That's kind of funny, but uh, it was good times. Uh, good times and great oldies there. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Bottom line, after that conversation, Richie Incognito is not going to play for the Vikings. So I think it's safe to say that uh, that's kind of... a. Uh, that ship has sailed. Is that what we like to say in modern-day radio and modern-day this, modern-day that? That ship has sailed toot-toot, you know? Uh, that's about it there. And, of course, the Nick Easton injury. Uh, yeah, Nick Easton injury, season likely over. It's just wonderful stuff, isn't it? Doesn't it make you just feel warm and fuzzy inside? there left guard is not going to play a single game this year. Oh, it just drives me nuts. Poor guy. Uh, Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, How big of a hit is it to our O-line do we have a backup plan? No, not really. Uh, unless you call Tom Cong- Com- Compton the uh, the guy, you know. Unless you call him the uh, backup plan, I-, I guess he's a backup plan. Uh, he's not the worst signing ever, Tom Compton, but certainly not the best either. Danny Isadora and Danny Isadora, I, I think he's got a future in this league. Mike Remmers can't stay bleepin' and healthy either. It's pretty much Mike Remmers and. Uh, Nicky's, and those guys can't stay bleep and healthy, neither can Pat Elfline. Hello, Cornelius. Oh, Cornelius. Cornelius, boy, oh boy, we need your philosophies, Cornelius. We really do. We, we, we need it. Ha, ha, ha. So funny, isn't it? Mm. Well, Rashad Hill, he's banged up too. Go get him, Brian O'Neill. Go get him, Brian. It's all yours, buddy. And don't be surprised if Brian O'Neill see significant uh, snaps, particularly as the year progresses. Roger in Bowden says, you're kidding, that sucks. Ali Siddiqui says, he's not great, but still sucks losing him. I thought he did okay last year. He's versatile too, and this would have been his second year at left guard. He is versatile. Um, because he's good <laughs> you know I mean well like like I was saying earlier he's good downfield particularly on the run plays his, his run his rush, rush defense pass rush defense pardon me is not the best he, he's just you know but again he's an interior lineman interior linemen generally are more about the run anyway but you know his athleticism is good his protection his general protection is not the best but his run blocking is good that that's what he's there that that's what his strength is and it's, it's needed, and it was very helpful. Having Nick in at guard rather than center, too, is an upgrade. And then you bring in Pat Elfline, that was awesome. Um, that's why you saw a much better run game last year. <sighs> Versus the year before, like, Jerick McKinnon couldn't get space. That frickin', uh, I don't even want to remember his name anymore. God, I don't even remember now. The big, the big guy that drove us all crazy, but also the blocking was bad in front of him. So could, could you get mad at him or not? Oh, man. Why am I blanking on the guy's name? And, of course, it was Matt Asiata. Duh. It's like it's like coming in, coming in my head and then i blanking out. But, yeah, Matt Asiata, of course. Yeah, that guy couldn't create space for his life, and he couldn't make a move around anybody. He could only power through, and when the blocking wasn't good, there's just nothing to be had at that moment. Ali Siddiqui was like, could Richie be in? And that was, again, with the uh, Richie Incognito was saying, let's get to the action, and he was going to come to the Vikings, hopefully, and I didn't believe it didn't happen. I wouldn't have minded, partially, but we'll see. Gerald Shrink says, Man, I hope not. Um, Ali Siddiqui says, Given his history, it'd be weird cheering for him. Yeah, the guy's a bit crazy. Dave Vicky says, That does suck. That is why I wanted our first three picks in the last draft to be O linemen, and none of them were. Um, none of them. Well, actually, Brian O'Neill was, pardon me. Uh, but Zimmer keeps picking defensive backs. They are going to get high dollar quarterback hurt because of the subpar line could happen. And that is a concern. We need better protection. Um, wow. So that's kind of what that is in game threads with the, uh, Denver Broncos, mostly just frustrations here, but excitement there. Good, great running game. This and that exciting start by cousins, Trevor Simeon, looking the part, quick release, good zip on the ball. Um, you don't see the wobble. Just wonderful spiral by Trevor Simeon. I really like Trevor Simeon. If I haven't made that clear, I like him a lot. sloter has got a nice arm. I mean, all three of the quarterbacks on this roster have a good arm. Uh, and Simeon, again, I love that release. Ah, man. I, I think he's got, a, yeah, he's, he's got more quarterback skills than Case Keenum does, per se, in throwing the ball. Where Case Keenum is more of an escape artist and all that. And he's just got this gritty, down-to-earth, Let's go out there and get those daggum son of a biscuits, basically. That's kind of like, uh, <laughs> that's kind of Case Keenum, that down-to-earth football player style that we all love. Um, a little bit of a little bit mini-Farve in Case Keenum with his personality and his style of play. But then uh, Trevor Simeon's kind of more, I don't know, just kind of a natural quarterback. I like him. Uh, he's not fantastic. There's a reason he's a backup, but he's a damn good backup. And I feel very confident in Trevor Simeon as a number two, especially with the Denver game. He could have been better against Jacksonville, but so could everybody. It was just a horse bleep game. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see how that turns out later on. I did not feel good about it. But again, let's just, okay, let's just let that go. It's a preseason game, this and that. And, uh, well, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Let's talk about Jarek McKinnon for a minute. Uh, he had to get an MRI on his knee. Luckily, it's it's just a strained calf, but they're going to keep him out for the remainder of the preseason, Are uh, the 49ers, and then they will play the Minnesota Vikings in the regular season. So, yep, there it is, the old NFL's uh, Paul boo slash uh, Roger Goodell's wacky bit after uh, certain players leave and this and that, and then there they are, right back, seeing you again, just like uh, Case Keenan with Denver, and, of course, the Vikings playing the Eagles, during this season, this and that, just after the big games, you get to play those teams again to uh, create more and more intrigue, more and more viewership, and all that. Because the games are going to sell out regardless, but the uh, intrigue uh, with the TV contract and all that, the TV ratings, a big deal, too. Uh, obviously, the TV ratings are what made the NBA money more than anything else, so... and Yeah, NBA. Hmm, eh, eh. <laughs> the Jacksonville game, well... That was weird. I didn't like the time either. Uh, poor Patrick Grant. He says his cable is out. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! And I feel bad for you, Patrick Grant. Uh, hopefully next week uh, you'll get better luck with that. That's gotta suck. Uh, Kurt Bag was saying this is a really damn ugly game. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says fire Forbath, and he mi- yep he missed a field goal. Unlike Daniel Carlson, who's probably going to be your kicker, like it or not, Daniel Carlson is probably going to be the Minnesota Vikings kicker. Cedric so Holding says, I'm at work. Mark Carlson says, I can't even listen. Deep in the salt mine. So he's a busy son of a gun. Dave Hickey was saying, haven't seen it yet. I was working and it didn't tape for some reason. It doesn't sound very good from the star. Uh, the stat line cousins was like three for eight for 12 yards. Sounds like ponder numbers. Yeah, it wasn't a good game. Let's just leave it at that. It was not good. Uh, it was terrible. Actually, I hated it. Uh, let's talk about the injuries a little bit. Ah, boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I talked about the injuries. Let's hear your comments. Justin Mayer-Henry out of Colorado says, Good Lord. Mark Carlson says, Frick. <laughs> Mike Feller, Mike Feller's Stu Evans, interesting, says, I know it's three seasons, but we sucked so bad yesterday. Another offensive line injury. It's been our Achilles heel for years. I know most of our starters will be back, but I'm going to lose faith if we don't draft offensive line next year yeah it's getting ridiculous isn't it and the one time we did draft offensive line high it was Matt Bleepin Khalil uh and you know I hate I just hate it so much the whole freaking season it was a no-brainer that Matt Khalil was the best offensive lineman the best tackle in college and he comes to the Vikings oh he started out well and by the second year it's like this this guy's horse shit you know and and then the third year he's even bigger horse shit and then the attitude kicked in and, and he was even... Uh, why does it always have to be us? Why? You know, Brian McKinney, same bleeping thing. Of course, he had even more natural talent than Matt Khalil. Oh, uh, boy. I mean, the last really good left tackle this team had, we, we know his name, don't we? We know his name. And he wore number 77. That was the last really good left tackle. And even he's, he's, he started poorly. He was a bit out of position and Warren Moon got slaughtered. Early on. That was back circa 1994. But within about a year or two, that son of a gun, Corey Stringer, was freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. And since 2001, you know, ah, you drafted Bryant McKinney. Like, there it is. There's your franchise left tackle. He was great in his first year after, he, after it took until November to sign a contract and the season was over already. But he was really good after that. And and uh, Michael Bennett had a nice season and all that. But that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, whatever man and then uh, uh, two or three years down the road he was horse crap mediocre at best even though when, when he was good he was awesome Matt Khalil same thing you draft him high and he screws you right you know where after a couple of years and then here we are again so I don't know what to say anymore it's it's just horrible luck I guess And but again you'd like to see more of a focus on that offensive line Guards and tackles. yeah. It needs to be a consistent thing. Draft guards and tackles. And there were so many guys there. And I love Mike Hughes. They must have just been infatuated with him. And we're seeing why. He looks awesome. Not on special teams, but in his actual real position. Unlike Marcus Sherrill's was the opposite. He's only on the team because of his special teams abilities. He sucks at cornerback. Um, So here we are just sitting around hoping for the best there. uh, With the special teams. And uh, of course hoping for the best most of all that offensive line, it's uh, become quite a uh, Achilles heel for this club, to say the least and just, I share your pain, I share your frustration, I share your anger I, I really do so, great thoughts there, Mike Filler, Stu Evans, thank you um, Roger Imboden says, Ugh, and I can second that as well, uh, Ed Aruna, that's concerning. that's concerning, he had to be carted off and he was on crutches, and is it season ending well, Mr. Zimmer made it sound like there's multiple season-ending injuries regarding the Minnesota Vikings, so it leaves you wondering: Is that the case? Uh, nothing is floating out just yet. Here on Sunday evening, I was saying how oh, this new show was coming. No comments, and that Adrian Peterson is set to visit the running back needy Washington Redskins because their uh, young rookie prodigy, uh, their young rookie prodigy running back, uh, is out for the season with an ACL. So. Adrian Peterson of the Washington Redskins. He's going to replace Kirk Cousins as the uh, the big franchise name there. Yeah, go get him, Adrian. <laughs> well, he's within a very small amount of becoming. Tenth all time. How many yards was it? It was right there. Where did it go? Very close, and it's gone. Don't you just love that? Uh So apparently he's 36 yards behind the 10th place all-time leading rusher Jim Brown and only three yards behind Marshall Falk, that being Adrian Peterson, who is at 12,276. He had recently passed Edron James, the the guy who also went to the Cardinals late in his career after the Colts, Marshall Falk, another former Colt who went to the Rams for a long time and won a Super Bowl there, only three yards ahead of Adrian Peterson. So if Adrian pretty much suits up and carries the ball once or twice, he will pass Mr. Wow, Frank Gore is that high. Wow. He will pass Mr. Uh, Marshall Falk, who is one of the greatest running backs of all time. So Adrian, without a doubt, is a Hall of Famer. It's just, of course, he's got kind of an icky uh, record amongst him. Um, gosh, only about, mm, not that many, only about 500-ish yards to catch uh, Tony Dorsett. And how about that? Eric Dickerson, guys like that. Eric Dickerson's another 500 yards after that, so that, that guy will be tough to catch. Jerome Bettis, seventh all time, Latanian Thompson, sixth. That's really high. The one that surprises you, obviously he was a great player, but it's like you don't really think of him as being better than like some of these other players, like Marshall Falk and stuff, but Curtis Martin, as long as he lasted and as and as consistent as he was, man, fourth all time, Curtis Martin. Isn't that crazy? He had some really good years with the Patriots and the Jets and all that, but it's still you yeah, still it. It's unbelievable how long he played and how consistent he was, and that's why he became fourth all-time behind the super big three, which I think are untouchable. Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. Can, can anybody touch them? I don't think so. Um, the most remarkable one, though, too, uh, currently is Frank Gore. I mean, fifth all-time? Wow. He had a nice career and all that, but and I think he's still playing in fifth all-time. Frank Gore, that's awesome. That's unbelievable that Frank Gore has had that much success. Uh, again, consistency. Consistency. What do we look for when we're at work from our coworkers or from somebody? Maybe you're a little bit, uh, you know, you're in charge of some people. What are you looking for? Consistency. That's what I'm looking for when I'm in charge of some people. Consistency. Frank Gore, Curtis Martin, Adrian Peterson. That's what he lacks. And if he, if Adrian Peterson was consistent, he would probably be right where Curtis Martin is. Um, just imagine, just the uh, and, of course, you know, not so much bad luck with that damn injury. I mean, seriously, how many is 276. So that's about, he is about 1,100 yards? No, 2,100 yards behind. Uh, yeah, he's about 2,100 yards or so behind Curtis Martin. So, again, the entire 2016 season, the entire 2014 season, uh, you know, he's just barely getting 1,000 yards, you know. Shoot, just barely getting a thousand yards, he'd be right there, just just like that. Um Of course, the uh, meniscus injury is what it is. I mean, a guy gets hurt, he gets hurt. But 2014, hello, that he lost probably 1,300 yards maybe that year that he would have for sure gotten, barring injury, and all those damn fumbles too. But uh man, crazy when you sit down and think about how close Adrian Peterson is to being one of the greatest ever. It's too bad. And I don't think he's going to be catching too many people after that. But he'll probably finish 10th, maybe 9th all-time if he's fortunate. He can get to a Tony Dorsett. I think he'll get to Dorsett. But Dickerson, probably not. Uh, nah, I don't think he's going to make it. And he would have easily passed Dickerson if not for that. So, Well, such is life, Adrian. And that's a, a, a crying shame. So that'll wrap up the uh, Fan interaction segment. Sorry for my craziness, my discombobulated. uh, behavior at times here on this episode. I'm a little bit all over the place. It's been a long time. I feel a little rusty, a little bit rusty. Uh, plus the hot, the heat and humidity has been getting to me all summer, especially the last month. It's just getting to me more than ever. Now I'm getting older and weaker every day, folks. It it hurts. Uh, I'm looking forward to some nice cool air, September, October, November, more September and October. I'm not looking forward to the cleanups of November, but Ah, that nice, cool, hopefully dry. Please pray for some dry air. It was very wet last November, and that made things very hard. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to some cooler air in the apartment, in the in the when I'm working outside. Everything you just feel so much better, and then I don't feel so discombobulated, so crazy, and so wacky. So with that, I'm going to pass out some uh, stars for this episode: gold star. For this episode, it's got to be Dave Hickey. Silver Star for this episode. oh boy. Hmm. Um, 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 um. What was that guy's name? I'm going to go back a little bit for a couple seconds here. Some good thoughts. Uh, Mike Fellers, Stu Evans. You're getting a Silver Star. That was awesome. And Bronze Star. Mm. Bronze Star is going to go to... It's going to be... Gosh, who was it again? Mark Carlson, uh, yeah, Mark Carlson should get the Bronze Star for this episode. Some good conversation back and forth, this and that, and all that. But Dave Hickey is definitely a gold star for this episode. Uh, awesome conversation. Thank you again. Ollie Siddiqui, also, thank you. He gets a Bronze Star as well. Uh, good, strong conversation throughout the show. Thanks again, everybody, for your inclusion. And <laughs> forgive me, if keep bearing with me. Uh, this was a catch up show, catching up with things, lots of. Former, lots of old news, getting caught up and hearing your thoughts about it and getting your names out there on the air. Greatly appreciated. Thank you again for being a part of it. Uh, God bless all of you. This is a very, very long fan interaction segment, one of the longest ever because of how long it's been since the last episode. Want to thank all of you. And well, let's just get ready for some real football. I don't think I'll have another show next week, but maybe, depending on how things go, if I have time and if it's a fun game, and it hopefully will be, otherwise... We'll probably look for a season preview to come out at some point where we'll do our predictions or at least I will. <laughs> I will do my predictions for well, what's going to be the Vikings official record. You know, like ten, like an example, 10-6, and 11-5, stuff like that. Uh, and of course, your NFC and AFC title game uh, teams and your Super Bowl teams and your Super Bowl champion. All that good stuff. Like I always like to do uh, big surprise, biggest disappointment, this and that when it comes to each conference as well, so what teams I think will surprise, what teams will flop, will fail in their expectations, others that will exceed, so that's pretty much what I'm looking for into the next show, I think it will be the season preview, I kind of start hacking away at that here pretty quick, so with that, we want to, I want to thank you again, please tell your friends about the show, God bless you, pray for some cooler air, which I think is coming, but we all know how August is, the humidity can roll right back in, especially when the hurricanes start, uh, those hurricane winds start blowing. That humidity comes right back up here again from that Gulf of Mexico, and well, and then we're praying for the people down there that have to deal with that crap, which is much worse than being humid up here, I suppose. So, take care, everybody. We'll be back very soon.